welcome back to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode 96. We'd like to share with you our Sunday worship service for December 9th, 2018. The lesson title is Friendship. It is the 10th of the series Inside Out, which is taking us through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. You are here to learn and to teach. So our scripture today, Matthew 7, 12, I know you know this one. In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you would want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. It's the golden rule. You got this one. You got this one no matter where you went to Sunday school, if you went to Sunday school, and probably if you didn't go to Sunday school, you got this one. The golden rule. But it's not enough to have it memorized. It's great. Pretty cool. It's nice to have a credo, I suppose. We shall sell no wine before it's time. Inside it must be right. If you want Kentucky Fried Chicken, you'll have to come to me. Whatever your credo is, that's great. But that's only really a third of the process of being a real person, of of making a difference in the world, of being happy. This is important. Because so many people spend so much time trying to memorize the right words. It's great to read all the books. It's great to be in the presence of gurus and teachers and leaders and revolutionaries. That's awesome. But at best, it is a third of the process. It's great to learn something. But it's better to understand something. To have it written not between your ears, but in your heart. And better still, to do something about it. If life is going to change for us, it's got to be a matter of head, heart, and action, spirit, soul, and body. If your life isn't working, ask yourself, am I committing the whole trinity of me, so to speak, to whatever it is I'm trying to do? Or is it just words? It's great to have the words go further. It's great to have a feeling in your heart, go further. Do a thing, like I always say. You want your life to change, go do a thing. Doesn't matter if it's a great big thing, just do something. This Saturday, we're going to the food bank. We are not going to cure world hunger, but we're going to feed somebody. Do a thing. And this idea of the golden rule is so transformational, such a key to the whole deal, that it is actually something that you see over and over and over and over again. If you're on Facebook, and I don't recommend you try this at home, but if you're on Facebook... Surely you've seen that quote. Somebody has posted the big meme where it's a lot of lines, where it's all very similar, where in Christianity we have this idea, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And within the Jewish tradition, there's a very similar sentiment. Within Islam, there's a very similar sentiment. Within Buddhism and Hinduism and Zoroastrianism, within Confucianism and Taoism, over and over again, there's a very similar idea. Now, we bring something special and something unique to the table. Don't get me wrong. But there's something wonderful about the idea that so many cultures that would not have had any contact with each other have this same idea. There's something about that concept of doing unto others as you would have them do unto you that is absolutely written in the DNA of our hearts. We know better. There's something about it that we just know that if you do that simple thing, it's going to work. And so the question that people come to me with is, so how come people don't do it? Because I've seen the news. It's not like there's a section right after sports and whether they go, and in the golden rule department tonight, we're going to see, that's usually not what you hear. If you run across it, let me know. I will tune to that channel as well. But people say, how come? 
How come there's this idea that I know that I'm supposed to do unto others as I would have them do unto me? How come we all know it and yet there's this stuff? Well, what's the answer? If you ask a child that, how come you did that thing when you know you're not supposed to? Now, Miles, I would always say, it's complicated. <laughs> We'd have to go through the whole thing. It was always like an episode of Perry Mason. It's complicated. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot to me. There's a lot to the situation. And I don't know about you, but I've certainly been in, been in situations where I knew better. Where it's like, yeah, I know. There's this great thing. There's the smart thing, the, the sensitive thing, the kind thing to do. But I really want to do this other thing. I'm a human being. I'm here to grow. And so I have had that growth moment many times in my life. Maybe you have too. Where it's like, I know better, but eh, you know. And you step outside of the universe taking care of itself. Step outside of that golden rule idea. Step outside of that do unto others moment. But I got to tell you, that's the beginning of something. So many times. When people come to me with a life that's not working quite right in one way or another, whether it's their health or their pocketbook or their love life or their whatever it is, a lot of times the real problem that they have is I feel like I'm on the outside and there's the whole rest of everything and it seems like inside that bubble is working out pretty well. But I can't seem to get in. So many times when people come to me, the question that they really have on their hearts, the details change, but the essence of the question is how can I come home? How can I get back in? It looks warm in there. How do I get home? And the answer is, the way to get over that fear moment, and that's what it is, fear is the thing that makes us step outside, the way to get out of that fear moment, well, think about it with me for a second. You've been around the block. What's the opposite of fear? Love. Over and over again. The way in is love. The way in is love. If you're feeling like you're on the outside, if you're feeling sick, hurt, afraid, alone, whatever, poor, whatever, if you're feeling outside the fact that the universe takes care of its own, find a way to apply the trinity of you, your idea, your feeling, your action, to something loving. Think a loving thought. Feel a loving way. And do something, anything, big or small, doesn't matter, in the name of love. Do something loving and you will find your way home. That's the secret. That's the essence of the golden rule moment. Do a loving thing. Like I said, big or small doesn't matter. Just do something. And all of a sudden, things will begin to shift. Love is really the key. I don't know if you noticed, but in the scripture, he doesn't just say, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. He says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you because this is the law and the prophets. In other words, it's the whole deal. You want to get it all figured out. You want to do the whole thing. You want to live up to all of the expectations. You want to follow all the rules and cross all the T's and dot all the I's. This, it's the law and the prophets. There's another time that he says there's a thing that's the law and the prophets. You remember that part? It's a little bit earlier. People said, you know, Jesus, I'm paraphrasing. You know, Jesus, there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of stuff. And I don't want to have to look at my relationship with God like I've got to get legal representation before I pray. How do I do this thing? It's complicated. Put your left hand in, your left hand out. I don't know what it's all about. What am I supposed to do? So many rules. Is it Saturday or Sunday? Is it this, this thing okay to eat? What do I wear? How? Because, man, I'll tell you, it's very common, popular, even tempting to add more complexity to a thing. But I got to tell you, 
complexity is hardly ever the sign of something that's true. You ever watch cops? Do you know how fast you were going? Do you know why I pulled you over? And you can tell that they're lying if they go, well, officer, it's complicated. You see, I was doing this, and then there's all these details that happen. Someone is often lying when they have a lot of details. I remember one time I saw one, and the cop said, do you know why I stopped you? And the guy said, well, I am drunk. I'm like, okay, that's the truth. We're done now. The truth, <laughs> limiting or not in the situation, the truth is always simple. Jesus said, if you want to get over this stuff, it's not complicated. Love. The other time, he said, it's the law and the prophets. He said, look, here's the deal. Here's how to fulfill all of the rules. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your might. And love your neighbor as yourself. If you do that, you're following all the rules. It's a wonderful Alexander the Great moment of lateral thinking. It's not about fulfilling every clause of the contract. It's about being loving. But the next question that people would often have on their minds is, yeah, great, Jesus, love, but what is that? How does that work? What, do you, what does that mean? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. I mean, I don't know what, what version of the Bible you have, but it's in there. What is that thing? And almost as if to answer that question, here's the other part, the bookend of it. So this idea of just love is about how you're supposed to feel and think. And this golden rule is about how you're supposed to act. And if you have those two things, have love in your heart and do unto others. If you have those two things together, you've got a way of life that works. It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. You don't have to memorize the Nicene Creed. You don't have to have anything tattooed on you. It's that moment. Just have it in your heart and do a thing about it. This is a deeply mystical spiritual process. I know it just seems like a rule to follow, but... There's something profound going on there. The profound moment is the moment of being proactive. Did you know that that's a spiritual thing? Being proactive is a spiritual virtue. <clears throat> and waiting is a not spiritual virtue. Because where's God? The word spirit comes from the word breath. It's in you, hopefully. <laughs> Otherwise, we need to call somebody. It's in you. If it is a spiritual process, it's not something that's external. If it's a spiritual process, it's something that's going on in you. If it's a spiritual process, it means stop waiting for something to happen. I do unto others not after I'm validated. I do unto others not after I'm sure that they're cool with what I'm going to say. I do unto others not after I'm okay with what they might say. I do unto others as I would have them do. In other words, I care about you, but I do not care how you're going to respond to the gift of my love. I can't care about that. I can't. Because you can tie yourself in a knot trying to predict the future about how somebody's going to take something. But if you are honest, true, loving, and give from that place, it's going to be okay. I do it first. I don't wait. And that's important. Because the difference between a life that works and a life that doesn't work is a difference between waiting and acting. Over and over and over again, that's the deal. How many times have you heard somebody say, well, I'm going to wait and see how they treat me. Or, they're mean to me, therefore I now have permission to be mean back to them. Yay, I get to be mean now. Sometimes people seem really excited about finally getting permission to be a jerk. Ooh, we got stuff to work on. But you know exactly what, oh, they, they cut me off. Now I can use whatever finger feels right. <laughs> Usually there's one finger that feels right. 
It's not a we're number one moment, I suppose. But you know what I mean. But where does that get you? If my mode is reactive, in other words, somebody acts and then I respond with exactly the way that they acted, do things ever really change? Do things ever really get better? I just stay in that cycle over and over again. The way to reach escape velocity is to choose how you want to be and be that instead of waiting for somebody else to tell you it's okay. In men's group a few weeks ago, somebody brought that up. They said, you know, we don't see it around here. And I've got some theories for why we don't see it really around here, but we'll get to that some other time. But I've seen it in other places, in other churches that I've served, in other spiritual communities where you see somebody, they come in, and they're really in it because they've got some kind of a problem on their heart, some kind of a healing thing. There's something going on in their body, their pocketbook, their love life, their something. And they're really active, and they serve on committees, and they're there for the stuff, whatever the stuff is. And then after a while, they get their thing fixed, and they go away. And that's okay. We're here for that. That's great. I'm not going to judge that. But oftentimes, you see them come back about six months later with the same thing. The nouns have changed. The problem remains. It reminds me of how sometimes somebody is, is in a situation where they ought to take some medication. And the bottle says, finish your medication. And they go, you know what? I'm feeling fine. I'm going to quit now. And then hilarity ensues. <laughs> you know what I mean? One way or another, something happens because the healing process has not been honored. you got to go all the way through it. But put a different way. If my life is in response to something that's broken, I'm never going to have it fixed because that tells me who I am. The moment we have in front of us is, am I going to identify with the problem or identify with the solution? Who am I? Am I this person who's broken? Or when stuff happens, and let's be clear, stuff happens. Mm, this is good to know. I don't know about you, but I was never really into Superman. Christopher Reeve fan, but not Superman in particular because there's no dramatic tension. Oh, Superman, oh no, oh, wait, he's bulletproof. He can't be hurt at all. There's no problem. He's never tired. Always punctual. <laughs> Always knows what to bring to the party. Who cares? I am not, yeah, great hair, right? He's got the whole thing. Not many people can wear their underwear on the outside and pull it off. He's cool. He's got it. Who cares? There's no tension. There's no problem. There's no struggle. There's no growth. Superman doesn't grow. He's always the same. Who cares? But it makes me think of one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's such a special movie. It's a tale of loss and victory. It's a tale of the spirit of giving. It's a tale of just persevering and following your heart, and it's going to be okay. It's a tale of not knowing what's going to happen next and sacrifice and reward and like attracts life. What you put out there in the world, you get back. It's a tale about greed and giving. It's got the whole thing, the whole Christmas miracle. You know, of course, I'm talking about Die Hard, the ultimate Christmas movie. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the film, but it's worth seeing. It's a deeply spiritual movie. The thing that spoke to me when I saw that movie years and years ago was that instead of a Superman type of hero where there's no growth, there's no struggle, this guy gets the tar beaten out of him the whole movie. Bad stuff happens. And at no point does John McClane, our hero, ever give up. At no point does he say, you know what, this problem defines me. He doesn't know what's going to happen next but he just moves forward because he identifies with the solution. That's a Christmas story. Identify with the solution, even if stuff gets rough, because the solution will see you through. Have no barrier between you and the solution. 
When Moses saw the burning bush, God said to him, take off your shoes for the place you stand is holy ground. Symbolically, that means let there be no barriers between you and where you're at. Just be here. And of course, if you've seen Die Hard, you know he spends most of the movie barefoot. Coincidence? I think not. (laughs) Take a minute and metaphorically, spiritually, remove the barriers between you and the solution. Or to put it another way, is it okay with you if your problem isn't the truest thing about you? Is it okay with you? Can you let that part of your self-definition just go away? Because it's not true. What is the life that you want to have? You can wait for someone else to give you permission, or you can find some little way, maybe not everything, but some little way to do that. Of course, Die Hard is a spiritual movie, because if God's everywhere, then it's all spiritual. Here's the thing. We are called, you and I, to interpret material things in a spiritual way. That's the key to growth. Interpret material things in a spiritual way. If God is everywhere, take a minute and go, wait a minute, what if there's a moment here where I can grow? What if there's beauty and truth and an opportunity for honor and victory and growth? What if God's happening? What if love could happen here? All you got to do is be a little bit of a dreamer and things can start to change for you interpret material things in a spiritual way. A lot of people do the opposite. They take big, amazing spiritual things and they filter them down into something that's manageable. They take a big idea like love and they filter it down to chemical reaction and ego stuff and drama and attention. They take a big thing like beauty and they filter it down to some little moment. You know what I mean? It's a choice. Find something that's bigger. We are called to dream and to dream Big. Because here's the thing. Say what you want about God. Everybody's got their own ideas about that. Everybody's on a different level of working on that idea. But here's the thing that that I say about God. God is certain. I don't believe in a waffling God as much as I like breakfast. Sorry, I couldn't. I don't believe in a God that changes his mind. I don't believe in a God that's here sometimes and gone other times. I don't believe in an absentee landlord kind of a God. My concept of God is too big for that, and yours is too. Otherwise, you would have stayed home in the rain in Florida. God is certain, certain as a sunrise, sure as gravity, true and strong as love. That's how this works. And it's good to know that, because I don't know about you, but... I've had times in my life where I just wanted something to feel certain. Come on, because there's something that just I can rely on, some moment. So often what people want is just some sense of certainty from God. Can I just get that? Can I get certainty from God that something's going to work out? You have your die-hard moment where it looks like the German terrorists are going to win. Literally or metaphorically, that's up to you. But we've all been there. One way or the other. Here's the thing. If you want certainty from God, be certain about something in your life. This is about practicing the golden rule with God. So find something. I know there's a lot of things that feel up in the air, but I am here to tell you there is something that's certain about you. There's something that you love, something that you just know, something that is there for you. Art, truth, beauty, love, a moment, something that just big or small doesn't matter. Start where you start. Find something that you just know and live from that place. And that will grow in you. I promise. It doesn't have to be big. Like I said, start where you start. Something will happen. Because 
Here's the catch. You ready? Here's the switcheroo. Every single line of the Sermon on the Mount, in fact, everything that Jesus talked about involved some inversion, involved looking at it another way, involved a switcheroo. Over and over again, the Jesus Christ message is, you know what? You got everything it takes, but you got to look at this a different way. You thought it was this, but it's this. Over and over again. So here's the switcheroo about the golden rule. You ready? It's not optional. It's the rule. It's not the golden guideline. It's not golden advice. It's not a golden tip. It's the rule. If it's God's stuff, it ain't optional. It's happening already over and over again. You're told uh, in the Ten Commandments, for example, watch what happens if you go back and you read them, not as thou shalt not, but rather thou can't do it. Thou can't not. (laughs) Take a minute. But think about this. Here's the thing about the golden rule. You are doing it already. You are already doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. Dr. Phil says we teach people how to treat us. That's just a small version of this big idea. You are already doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. So you don't like what things are going on between you and somebody else? Think about how you're acting and think about how you feel about yourself. What are you worthy of? You are doing unto others as you would have them do unto you right now. In other words, you can't love somebody else any more than you love yourself. Remember, Jesus said, love thy neighbor as thyself. That implies that some love gets to stay home. What are you worthy of? And let's blow that idea up and say it this way. Your idea of God, your relationship with God, your concept of God is limited or expanded by, defined by, expressed by, constrained by, empowered by your ability to serve God's children. There are lots of people that go, God is big and wonderful and isn't that great, but I really can't stand other people. Mm, Then it's just words. They're pretty words, but they're just words. Our relationship with God is defined by our ability to serve and love God's children. Practicing the golden rule doesn't mean loving the sky. It means loving God's children. It means a moment of service, a moment of dignity, a moment of honor and truth between God's children. Mm, Because God is bigger than something far away. As you know, we talked about it some time ago, the formula for miracles, the formula for prayer that works is based on two concepts. If your prayer isn't working, ask yourself two questions. How big is my idea about God and how worthy am I? And on that graph, you can chart effectual prayer. Because maybe you've got a tiny idea of God. Well, you're going to have tiny room for miracles. Maybe you've got a tiny idea about what you're capable of. Well, there's no room for God to happen in your life. But what happens if you turn that around? How big is your God? How worthy are you? Because I remember that image and likeness part. I remember that light and salt part. Don't you? What does it take to feel just a moment of worth? I'm not saying you've got to have it all figured out, but just a moment of worth. Yes, stuff happens. Yes, there's problems to solve and growing to be done. Okay. I'm here to tell you you can do it. We're here to tell you you can do it. There's something really special about having a family biological or otherwise, it says, you know what? Yeah, that's really weird, that thing you're going through, but you can do it. And I don't know where you've been, but maybe that's rare for you. I got to tell you, I've never experienced it like I've experienced it here in this room. I'm so grateful for that. 
But however you experience it, share that idea. Know with me that there are some families, once again biological or otherwise, that are based on judgment. We are all good inside this wall and everybody else is weird. Can't grow that way. There are other families that are based on brokenness. We're all just so messed up. I'm not okay. You're not okay. And that's fine. Let's just sit in our brokenness. And we can talk about everything and congregate around the idea that misery loves company. And that's great, too. Everybody's welcome, but nobody grows. What if you're not defined by your problem? What if you have something, but you grow through it? It reminds me of that great quote by John Steinbeck. We went right from Die Hard to Steinbeck. So we've covered all the greats of American literature. John Steinbeck, he's talking about America, but it applies to any group that's built on dreams. He says, we are fitted by our faults for greatness. It's interesting. It's not the Superman idea of, I will not grow and change, and look at my hair. (laughs) But rather, I'm fitted by my faults for greatness. In other words, I know there's places I can grow, but I have the faith to grow there. I'm not fitted by my faults for misery, and I'm not ignoring my faults. I'm fitted by my faults for greatness. Yes, stuff happens, but what do dreamers do? They envision the success. What do dreamers do? They see the opportunity for love, for healing, for triumph, for revolution. We are called upon to dream like that and to give like that and to live like that. Yeah, stuff happens, but you can grow through it, just like our hero, John McClain. There's something beautiful about not knowing how it's going to go, but just doing the next right thing. You know that story of King Arthur and Excalibur? You know, the, the, there's a lot of legends about that, but that idea of I pull the sword out of the stone and now I'm the king of everything? And so many people lined up to pull the sword out and thinking about how great it's going to be when I'm king. I just can't wait to be king. Oh, wait, that's a different movie. Um, thinking about what it would mean to have the riches and the honor and the fame and the fortune and get to be on e-television and the whole thing. How great would it be? And all of those people failed because they were thinking about what they were going to get out of it. But according to some of the Arthur legend, he was just a kid and his his brother needed a sword. So here. Because he wasn't thinking about anything other than service. There's a lesson there. And all the way at the other end of the King Arthur story, some of the legends are about how the king is sick and he's dying. And because he's dying, the land is dying. And boy, we could do a whole thing about that. And the knights are all going out looking for the Holy Grail. Indiana Jones is involved at some point. They're all looking for the Holy Grail because a drink from that will fix him and fix the land and fix the whole thing. And nobody can find it because all they're thinking about is the problem. There's a lesson there. But then the fool comes, the person who doesn't have a plan or an agenda, who is barefoot and beaten like our hero, John McClain. And he finds a cup. He sees that the sick king is thirsty and he finds a cup and he gives him water. And it's the grail, magically, mystically, wonderfully. And the healing starts. And King Arthur says, how did you know that this was the grail? How did you know that this would fix anything? And the fool says, all I knew was that you were thirsty. There's purity in service. There's purity in love. There's purity in not caring how somebody else is going to take it and just showing up for that moment. Yes, things happen. Yes, there are problems to be solved. But you can take a moment and look at it and go, yippee ki let's go. I'll let you finish the rest of that phrase on your own time. Take a minute and decide to serve. Decide to love. 
decide to give the gift of your moment because there's something certain about you. Maybe it's the way you dance. Maybe it's the way you love your kids. Maybe it's something you sing, something you cook. There's something about you that is as certain as love, as pure as the sunrise. Find that and live from that and give it freely because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. This is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for listening to that Sunday lesson, and I want to thank you for being part of our virtual church family. If you'd like to know more about what we're doing at Water and Stone Church, the easiest thing to do is go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. There's all kinds of amazing content. There's blog posts and videos and other episodes of this podcast and just all kinds of great things. And especially there's a calendar of events. We're always doing amazing uh, service projects in the community, all kinds of classes and services. Go to our website and find out how you can be a part of it. You can also text I am ready to 84576. That's all one word, I A M R E A D Y to 84576. It's a great way to get a once a week message about what we're up to. That's how we do our newsletter and special events and stuff like that. It's a great way to be in the loop. This podcast and everything that we do at Water and Stone is supported by you. And what that means is there's a lot of little things you can do to help us keep the lights on around here. If you go to the website, once again, waterandstonechurch.com, you can find out how to give electronically. You can find out how to shop at Amazon in such a way that benefits the church at no extra cost to you. Really and truly, though, the best way to support what we're doing is to help spread the word. Repost this. Tweet it. Like it on Facebook. Find our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter. We've got two amazing YouTube channels. Go find those and like and subscribe and share. That's huge for us. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes or whatever, please give us a five-star review. That really helps as well. But at the end of the day, there's nothing like being there with us in person. Come join us at 11 a.m. every Sunday at the beautiful Harbor Hall. That's part of the University of South Florida's St. Pete campus. The street address is 1000 3rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. Every Sunday at 11 a.m., there is a sense of family, a feeling of community, an uplifting lesson, music like you've never heard anywhere, and a life-changing message. It's time for a new life for you and a new world for all of us.